I am responsible for those people you have imprisoned. By using the word responsible, the General is in no way assuming accountability for the actions of SG-1. Begging your pardon, sir, I don't want you to end up in prison along with them. On the contrary, I would gladly hold myself responsible. I ordered them to this world in the first place. start <laughs> welcome to another ep- uh, episode of stargate weekly i'm Stuart hollis and i'm Ted Heat. and this week we're going to talk about season two episode three prisoners indeed uh, original air date was july 10 1998 our synopsis from tv guide the team is imprisoned on a pl- on a penal planet after inadvertently helping an escaped murderer tee penal yes we're very mature here. Oh, yeah. Uh, my only beef with that synopsis is we don't know that this guy escaped. He may have just been someone who just did murder. And yeah. Was, he, could, he could be an, like a escaping, a fleeing. And knowing the, you know, flaws in their justice system, or sorry, their Taldor system, uh, we don't actually know he's a murderer. They tell us he's a murderer. Right, but the, but they never like presented evidence or anything. Uh, no, they didn't. But I feel like their weird system of justice wouldn't make someone who wasn't a murderer and call them a murderer. They'll just be, as we saw, incredibly loose with what does it mean to aid and abet a murderer? Like, oh, you uh, picked the guy yeah. up off the ground and walked with him for a while. Uh, yeah, that yeah. It, Instead of, oh, you kicked a dog, you're a murderer. Or even kicked a human, you're a murderer. Because they would probably have just thrown them to the penal colony for assaulting a human. Like, they don't need to chalk, they don't need to, uh, you know, bump it up a level or two in terms of the severity of what the person actually did, since all things get you kicked to the penal colony, apparently. Yes. So, do you think the spider at the beginning was a real spider? I didn't give it any thought like the first thing that we see on the screen is the big spider web and a decent sized looking spider moving across a spider web and i was wondering yeah i guess it could have been a puppet could have been but yeah you're right that is like one of the first things you see so i guess it could have been real or i mean they could have been you know filming in the forest like hey there's a spider web we should totally use that in the opening of the scene yeah or it could have been fake so, that's yeah. That the, the, those are those are our options, <laughs> right? I mean, I suppose I, I suppose the third unspoken option was it could have been a poodle <laughs> disguised as a spider. But well, I mean, it may not have been an actual spider because this is an alien world. It could have been like 
something else. Spider poodle. Just because it looks like a spider doesn't mean it is a spider. Yeah, I mean, after all, I mean, you know, if it creeps like a spider and crawls like a spider and quacks like a spider, then it must be a duck. Yeah, I was wondering how you have quacking spiders. So we come across our guy running through the woods. He's trying to escape from the Taldor, who are all around us. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Force. I have one with the Taldor, and the Taldor is with me. Right, sorry, wrong Star franchise. Uh, and they get summoned in front of the Taldor, and they refer to it as a Stargate without any weird hesitation. Yes, but everyone in the prison calls it the Great Circle. Well, I mean, how many people other than Linnaeus call it that? Oh, uh, that's a good point. I don't think anyone else refers to it, actually. But anyway, she calls it the Great Circle, and when she does call it the Stargate, she pause, there's like a half beat. Mm-hmm. Not super pronounced, but just like a very subtle half beat where it's going through the Stargate. Many here believe that when a prisoner comes through the Stargate... Also, Linnea doesn't seem to know that the Stargate can go to other worlds. Uh, yeah, that was odd. Uh, or that it can be manually dialed. But the Taldor clearly... The Taldor clearly do, because Jack says we came through the Stargate. And they're not super surprised by this. Or, right. Uh, well, I mean, were you expecting a Taldorish? <gasps> well, if the Taldor only think the Stargate only goes to prison, and they came That's through fair. the Stargate, they'd be like, I hear you. Okay. You're also escaped prisoners. So we're sending you back to where you came from, and no escaping this time. We mean it. Right. So, yeah, some weirdness there. Yes. What did you remember of this episode, by the way? Not a ton when they were running through the woods. It wasn't until they got booted to the prison planet uh, that it all came back to me. I mean, not all, all, but it was just the realization, like, oh, it's this episode. Um... But because not all the details came in, for example, when Linnea is using what sort of looks like a Gould Hand device, but not quite. That sort of sounds like a Gould Hand device, but not quite. Right. That it's like, is she a Gould? I remember that we're going to run into her again later. To uh, Yes, but I don't believe it, she has ever been said to be a Gould, and I really don't think she is. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if anything else along those lines. That doesn't mean that the device she has isn't some sort of gold technology. Right. Or it could be from whoever made the technology that the gold took. Because the gold right. don't make their own tech. They just, you know, take it from everybody else. Yeah, like some sort of proto gold tech. Hmm. So we get to the prison planet, and I... Which is a standard sci-fi trope, by the way. Yes. One thing that I did remember from in the past... Uh, was the idea of the people who would run and wait for the Kawoosh mm. to commit suicide. But what was confusing me was, why were the boots smoking? Well, because as Tilk said, the wounds were cauterized. Why were the wounds cauterized? As Sam says later, if the person gets Kawooshed, they get disintegrated. Well, presumably only where the Kawoosh actually is. And speaking of that point, uh-huh. when we later have the multiple people looking to get themselves kawooshed, the kawoosh goes like, 
no further north than their Kozars, and yet we're left <laughs> with smoking boots again. Oh, that's true. Eh, well, can't have everything. I suppose. So, yeah. Uh, the, the the prison thing is, as I said, a pretty standard one. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of have, they have a bit of a prison thing in Atlantis. It's not a prison planet in that one, it's a prison continent, but still. I remember that vaguely, yeah. I, I want to say that I was getting some of my memories of this episode conflated with that episode, along with... There were, wasn't there another like an episode in Atlantis as well of the someone making a killer virus? Yes, there was. Yeah. And then there was a prison episode on Voyager and in plenty of other shows. But anyway, right. Uh, this one, it's interesting. Daniel makes a historical mistake. Go on. When he refers to Botany Bay. Botany Bay. Bay. And says that that was the original name for Sydney Harbor. That is incorrect. Botany Bay is southwest of Sydney Harbor. The original name for Sydney Harbor was Port Jackson. Okay, well, take that, Jackson. Hey! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he should know this. It's his port. That's right. But... Anyway, this, uh, I mean, the episode is pretty decent, I thought. Uh, we have some, you know, standard prison stuff. I, I, I do like, uh, Je- <laughs> when Jack says to Daniel, I take it you've never been to prison. Daniel's like, and you have? And Jack's like, oh yeah, like, I've been to prison. Ain't no thing. Uh, yeah, I, uh, the second time around, what, what I thought of was the, was airplane. Joey, have you ever been in a... In a Turkish prison. Ha! Apparently Jack has. Yeah. Or maybe an Iranian one. Mm. Okay, so... If SG-9 is the diplomatic team... Yes. What are some of the other non-exploratory combat-y teams? Because SG-3 seems to not be an exploratory team. They're like... SG-3 is Marines. Yeah, they're Marines. They're like the default call-in backup team, it seems like. Except... When they went on their scheduled recon of P3R, whatever. Right, but in that case, that might be like recon, recon, and not what SG1 is doing. Sorry, P2A509. Yeah. I got that way wrong. Silly Billy. Um, but no, but that but that could be that that particular planet might have some sort of uh, Gould facility. Who knows? And they might be doing like recon, recon. Okay. I got the list. You ready? I am. So there are at least 25 SG teams. That, that does not necessarily mean there aren't many more. We got SG-1 for exploration. We have SG-2 for exploration slash research slash search and rescue. That's a little broad. Go on. We have SG-3 marine combat unit slash search and rescue. I feel like search and rescue is like, you can use anybody for search and rescue. I mean... That feels like an all-hands-on-deck, we're-going-to-use-these-people-for-search-and-rescue thing. Not so much a dedicated team for that. Perhaps, but continue. SG-4 is Medical Exploration and Russian. Okay. So at various times. Eventually. Future knowledge. (laughs) Right. Uh, SG-5 is a Marine Combat Unit. SG-6 was used for Search-and-Rescue. SG-7 is science and medical. 
SG-8 is medical. I feel like there's no way there's this many medical teams. SG-9 is diplomatic. SG-10 is military and exploration. SG-11 is archaeological, engineering, or scientific. Okay. SG-12 is military or medical. What's with all the medical? Seriously. Let's let's stick with the ones that are not military, medical, or search and rescue. Okay. Uh, SG-13 is survey or covert ops. Nice. Uh, 14 and 15 are exploration. 16 is scientific. Mm-hmm. 17 explore. 18 are more marines. How many are there? 19 is covert. 20 is another Russian. And uh, 20 through 24 are unknown. And 25 is an army combat unit. That seems odd. No more odd than a marine combat unit. Right, but since there are marine combat units, it seems odd that there is also an army combat unit. The army wanted to get in on the action and be represented amongst the stars. So, where's the naval combat unit? The marines? So, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania has a Stargate wiki entry. Go on. It's the hometown of Colonel Peter Ludlow of SG-25. How does that even come up? (laughs) That's what I want to at what point in what in what episode does it come up that he says he's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? Uninvited was the name of the episode. Okay. Which I don't remember at all from the name. No. Mysterious creatures attack several villagers on a couple of random planets at SG Team's visit. Soon they realize it- Oh no, it's oh it's cuz he's he's dying and he's you know someone asks him about his to you know keep him lucid. Yeah. Okay. Tell my wife in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, on Pine Street. <laughs> Is there a Pine Street in Harrisburg? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that has been our brief interlude of. Well, I guess it was a Stargate rat hole, but it it's still yeah no we're, we're we were still on that's been our brief interlude of the actual show. It feels weird to go off tangent while still being on tangent. Right, yeah, no, no, no. Like, that, that was completely valid. This was the first episode where we were introduced to the idea that we have highly specialized SG teams, like the diplomatic team in SG-9, so let's find out about more highly specialized SG teams. Mm, fair enough. I mean, who knows how many are just like permanently off-world at the Alpha site or places such as Icarus Base. Well, you probably need at least another ten medical teams, right? <laughs> For real. All right. So, now where were we in the episode? <laughs> I mean, we were everywhere. Uh, we were talking about uh, SG-9, but leading up to SG-9 is the point that SG-3 was allowed to go to the planet and trespass on the sacred lands. Apparently that's less of a crime than aiding a murderer. Right, but I mean, the... the uh, but SG-9 it, says there's only one sentence for all crimes, so... right. And, you know, the Taldor mentioned it a couple of times. Like, you know, you trespass on the on the, on the the Hallowed Lands. You brought weapons to the Hallowed Lands. SG-3 probably bought, brought, like, twice as many weapons to the Hallowed Lands. Ancient grounds. Ancient Hallowed Land grounds. I kind of wish that we had found out why they were whistling. Yeah, it's just a thing that they do when new prisoners come. But they didn't. When Simeon came. Yes, they did. Did they? Did they? Yes. 
Because the second time that you said, yes, they did, you sounded less sure of yourself. Oh, no, I'm sure of this. They did. Okay. I was focused on the fact that Simeon's a total what guy? Oh, he totally is. He's not the that guy that you think he is. What that guy do I think he is? I couldn't nail it down, but I know that it's not him. There's that other guy who's a that guy, too. What, creepy guy? Because creepy guy was creepy. Yeah, creepy guy. You mean the the guy that was, uh... Yeah, creepy. Yeah, creepy guy. Yeah. Like, he's he's totally been in other things. I mean, there's only, like, four characters that aren't our heroes or SG-9 who have any amount of screen time as to make an impression. I mean, there's there's Linnea, there's Vishnor, there's creepy guy, and there's Simeon. I've seen Vishnor in things before as well. Yeah. I was really hoping that Sam was just going to totally lay him out. Yes, that would have been amazing. Very sad. How weird was it when Daniel regained consciousness and Jack did the fake Irish accent? Well, you actually want to fight Danny boy. Yeah, no, that was odd. What was it that Sarah's dad said to him? A quiet man for an Irishman? Yeah, he doesn't talk much for an Irishman. That's what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, we already know that O'Neill is is Irish. Well, we knew that from his name. I mean... I mean, okay. But what's in a name? But, I mean, it's not like he's, you know, was born in Ireland or anything. Uh, right, no, that that's my point, is, I mean, he could be eight generations removed. And it is such an American thing to say, even if you are eight generations removed, to still say that you're Irish. Right. Which apparently really ticks off, like, that that American tendency to say that you're, you know, whatever that your great-great-great-grandfather is, actually mm-hmm. really te- uh, ticks off the people who are actually from that country. Not, like, all of them, but it's a thing that, like... Like I've seen on like Reddit threads, for instance, what are th- what what are some things about Americans that you don't like, or you know mm-hmm. stuff that, and a lot of people are, will say like, if you say you're Irish, but you really you you had an ancestor in the 19th century who came from Ireland. Yeah, no, I I I, I can get that. Yeah, no, I can totally understand that too. Oh, so, something that I uh, something that I touched on was uh, so when they're talking with with Linnea, and she is telling us that in this place, in a place such as this, there's only fear and hope. That's how you impose control or power or whatever it was she had said. There are two ways and two ways only to control a society. Through fear or through hope. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the idea of that they hope that they can like <laughs> Basically, it's like catch the wave as it comes out of the the great circle in order to get to the other side. I think they call it the great wave, in fact. That may have been it, yeah, yeah. Uh, in order to get to the other side. And all I'm thinking is, well, they do sort of get to the other side. <laughs> I suppose you could say that. They never get a chance to say hello from the other side. Mm. So they don't really break on through to the other side. <laughs> no. Uh, what else did you uh, hit on? How about how about the activators? Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. I really have trouble understanding how, from what Linnea said, that Sam immediately was like, oh, that's called fusion. 
Like, it could be any number of things. <laughs> it, it doesn't necessarily mean it was cold fusion. So, I'm not a fusionologist, no matter what temperature it may be. Fusologist? No, no. That would mean that I was an expert on, like, uh, circuit breakers and stuff. Well, no, fuses and circuit breakers are two different things. So, uh, you're clearly not a fusologist either. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But what I know of fusion mm-hmm. is that you get very basic elements. I mean, they're trying it with um, with hydrogen out at the National Ignition Laboratory in California. You can't get any more basic than that. You can, but you have to go to Starbucks for it. <laughs> pumpkin spice. The pumpkin spice ion of hydrogen is probably the most basic of all. Yes. Uh, so what they what they have is this little, basically it's like a BB or maybe a little bit smaller, of just pure hydrogen. And they fire 192 highly focused laser beams at it from 192 different directions. Did you make up that number or is that real? That is the number. Okay. The weird thing about lasers is that they can exert both heat and force. So they're not just superheating the block of hydrogen. They're also compacting it down. Okay. Because they're hitting it from 192 directions at once. Mm-hmm. And they take the already very, very dense block of hydrogen and they're compacting it down and compacting it down and compacting it down and heating it up, causing the hydrogen atoms to move faster and faster, but they have fewer and fewer places to move to because the their space is shrinking. Until eventually they just start, they, they collide with each other and they can't have nowhere else to go, and so they say, screw it, and they fuse together, which releases a huge amount of energy. Yes. Uh, significantly more than fission. Yeah, and that's when you pull them apart. Yeah. Correct. So... And it also generates new elements. And fission, by which makes sense, is easier with lo- which with uh, much more complex atoms than hydrogen. Right. Uh, and, and fusion is what powers the stars. Mm-hmm. So the idea of cold fusion is managing to perform that reaction at room temperature, which compared mm-hmm. to the inside of the sun is very cold. Just a little bit. Right. It, this is less about doing it at absolute zero than it is at doing it at really anything less than 100,000 degrees. Doing it in such a way that you could, like, actually do it without killing people. Well, I mean, they can do it at the National Ignition Laboratory without killing anybody, but, okay, it, requires, yeah, but... Like, but it requires lots of shielding and things like that. So doing it without... Exactly. So, the uh, you're right. It was a bit of a stretch. Mr. Fusion. Sort of. I mean, Mr. Fusion surely, surely must be cold fusion, right? I don't know how Mr. Fusion works. They never explain it. Yeah, but it's such a small thing, and there's no way it would have enough shielding for... Yeah, just, I mean, he's, he's just dumping gar- garbage in there, but, I mean, that could just be a marketing name. Mm, that could. Uh, I mean, for example, there is uh, garbage disposal technology right now that takes trash and in the course of burning it is using that to run a turbine that generates electricity and it burns so hot they're basically using like a plasma arc furnace uh, right, it burns so hot the smoke right it burns so hot that you're left with just like carbon 
and slag, and it's it's great and it generates a decent amount of power. Uh, the military uses it. Uh, it gets rid of trash a, too. So right, there's community community in Florida that's got like five or ten thousand homes running off of it. I want to say. Yeah, I think I read about this. Yeah. Um, so it could be a very compact version of that, the Mr. Fusion. I suppose that's true. But that's not really Fusion, though. It could be a trademark name. Just like, we're just going to call it something cool that means power. Mr. Fusion it is. I suppose that's possible. But it was a leap for Sam to go from, I dribble this stuff on the things and it makes the stuff like go wild and just keep creating energy for her to be like, yeah, it's cold Fusion. That's what that is. Yeah. I just thought that was a stretch. I mean, a little of one, but I, I I feel like the first initial really big stretch was assuming that there was any play, there was anywhere in this place where they could generate the mass amount of electricity they needed to turn the gate on. And apparently, all they needed to do was just wrap it around the gate, and that just gives the gate power. Yeah, we saw that in Torment of Tantalus. They just wrapped coils around the gate. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Same deal. Well, again, in Torment of Tantalus, when they were trying to uh, manually spin the thing up, they just had big stuff just wired into it. Yeah, alright, fair enough. Yeah, something's got like a plug on the side. But yeah, I think it did seem, well, a little deus ex machina for... No, that's not the right term. It was a little convenient that they happened to have this exact power source that would work for to power the gate. Uh, yeah, uh, what's the alternative? Well, the, the, the series is a lot more boring. <laughs> yeah. It's now just permanently we're just stuck in this prison. Like, that. that is season two. Is us well, this is the end of Stargate SG-1, and the next episode is Stargate SG-3. Right. <laughs> Stargate SG-9, solving problems through diplomacy, because everyone loves that. I would watch that. I would totally watch that show. Well, yeah, no, but then you just have General Hammond roll in, and like, I mean, you you saw the look on the diplomat's face. He's just like, "Why am I here?" If like, you know, by no means when when General Hammond says this, does he actually mean what he has said? Yes, I mean what I just said. Mm. In fact, I'm doubling down. Yeah. Okay, so when Daniel tries to get the guys to not commit suicide. Mm-hmm. He's cutting it really close. Yeah, sure, whatever. But he... Vishnor then squares off, off with him. Mm-hmm. And says, like, how dare you interfere or something like that. Uh, but then takes it from there to he challenges me. It's like... It's because Daniel argued with him after he said, how dare you interfere. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That makes more sense, I suppose. I was just assuming it was because Vishner's like a big dumb brick of a character. and Well, well that's also true. But right. So I'm wondering, that hand device thing that Linnea has, how does she yes. aim it? Because she was nowhere near Vishnor. And there were people in between her and Vishnor, including Daniel. Maybe. And I don't think we're ever actually going to have an answer to this. But maybe part of how she exerted so much influence over Vishnor was that he had something that she had, like, basically, like, implanted something on him. Uh, Implanted in him or planted on him that could be activated with the proto-hand device. That was my first thought when it happened, but then when she used it later to knock out Sam and the other... 
Oh, technician. yeah, no, you're right. I forgot about that. But that doesn't preclude that Vishnor also had some sort of, like, targeting thing on him. Which is what killed him. Yeah. So he definitely died, right? It's never said outright, but we presume because yeah. everyone thinks Daniel killed him. So right. you, do, you did notice that Linnea never actually lied to Sam. When I Sam asked what she what she was in prison for, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, no, I I picked up on that, uh, which I thought was interesting. Like she'll you know commit mass murder, but she won't lie. It's a fine line. She was very honest about the mass murder. She's like, "Hey guys, I'm going to kill everybody." Just heads up. But she wasn't. That was the problem. She did lie to commit mass murder. She just won't lie about it. This is a strange. Yeah, I take back what I said. I was lying. <laughs> Quite. But anyway, at one point, and I don't remember exactly when, when they cut to the SGC, we see a Jeep driving down the freaking middle of the road. It wasn't a Jeep, but yes, I know I know to what you were referring. Okay, was it a Humvee? It was a Humvee. Okay, we see a Humvee. You can tell, because it's like twice the size of a freaking Jeep. I wasn't looking at the picture as I said this. Anyway, we see a Humvee driving down the middle of the road, straddling the yellow line. Like, come on. Yeah. Just saying. That's lazy. But you also know that it's from 98, and, you know, not from a more modern time, because no one on that base is wearing their ever-necessary reflective safety belt. I didn't actually know that was a thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's, apparent, it's a running gag. Uh, between the different service branches that the Air Force in particular, anytime they're doing PT uh, on a base, they part of their official, like part of their PT gear is a reflective yellow safety belt. Ah. Uh, there's one picture, I mean, now we're getting to the Royal Air Force, but, uh, or Royal Army, I think, uh, of prince no it's Harry. not the royal no, it's just the royal air force and the royal navy the army it does not belong to the queen hmm. but it's the royal marines yes because they're part of the oh. royal navy right but not the, but to whom does the army belong the people that seems rather american uh, hold on i looked this up once because i was wondering why it wasn't the royal army but anyway, as you look it up, I will tell my story, yeah. which is very brief, so you're not going to have time to look it up, which is Prince Harry, I think, who's in uh, full camouflage, but also then wearing, like, a safety vest or a safety belt or something, and is like, come on, Prince Harry, make up your mind. Do you want to be seen or not? That is amusing. Yeah, it wasn't, like, ha-ha funny. All right, I can tell you. I looked it up, so ha in the the British Bill of Rights in 1689 requires parliamentary consent for the crown to maintain a peacetime standing army hence the reason it is not called the royal army so yes in a sense yeah the army does belong to the people <laughs> parliament approves the army by passing an armed forces act at least once every 5 years so what I, what I was going to say before was we are get into sort of like the latter third of the episode and the gate fires up and this time it's not weird sludge food, which is yet another sci-fi trope is the sludge food. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's instead... An, it's re- it's a rather grueling trope. You're incorrigible. Nice. But instead it's uh, uh, another prisoner, Simeon, the what guy, being mm-hmm. chucked through. Who then later, when he's sitting in Linnea's sub-cave... It's not a hut. 
it's just like her it's just like her section of the cave yeah he tells us that his name is jean valjean i mean simeon and he stole a loaf of bread uh and he presumably has cataracts yeah, I suppose cataracts. The way he describes is... it, because his sight was taken from him mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit every day. That's why I'm thinking cataracts. And it's very strange when you consider that you're dealing with a civilization that has the ability to teleport people. Yeah. But can't cure that, so maybe... Maybe I don't know they if we're... can, but Simeon is super poor. Yeah, so, like, I don't know if we're ever going to see these folks again. I feel like maybe we will. I don't think we do. Okay, uh, but that is something that, I don't know what kind of show would spend time exploring it, but it would have been interesting to get some sort of insight into the social structure of their society, uh, and how it ended up such that they now have this legal system, uh, air quoting super hard. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, yeah, it, it, very, very strange. Yes. So what else you got? Uh, so when Daniel's being choked out by Vishnor, and mm-hmm. he suddenly remembers that the that SG three is going to be going to P five A P two A five zero nine. Why does why do any of them know the address to P two A five zero nine? Yeah, this is something we were talking about on an earlier episode. Uh, I think it was um, Solitudes. Solitudes, right? We were asking why didn't Sam just dial up another planet just to see what happens mm-hmm. and we had both agreed with the idea that how many addresses do we really expect sam to have memorized apparently p2a509 right but earlier in the episode of this episode one of them makes the point to jackson that he is the one who has the most gate addresses memorized, or is most likely to have the gate address memorized, something to that point. But why would he have the address of one he's never been to? He just can't help himself. Maybe he has an eidetic memory and it never really comes up, which is how he's able to recall all kinds of wacky things about dead Sumerian kings. Mm, as opposed to all sure. the living Sumerian kings. What fate Amaraka? <laughs> right, exactly. So, my, my other thing with that, when they're trying to think of a gate address... Why does it matter? Why don't they just do any gate address at all to a friendly planet, and from there they can figure out how they're going to get back to the SGC? I was thinking that too, uh, and and I can understand like why they would discount Chulak because Chulak well, because yeah, it's not that's enemy territory, right? Yeah, because even though they have allies there, that's only slightly better than the situation they're in right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they have open; they would have open sky above them, but they would still be kind of on lockdown. Right, but why don't they go to the Minoans or something? Right, I mean, they even call out, uh... Samaria. Yeah. Which I... Which is familiar, but off the top of my head, I couldn't remember which one that is. Yeah, me neither. It's not the Minoans, because they're on the Land of Light. Uh, yeah, which they've called that... They've called out as the Land of Light before. Oh, Samaria's the Vikings. That'd be a great plan for them to hide out on. Yeah! To, like, just, like, like, kill time on, rather. You'd think so. Daniel would have a field day. Well, not just that, but they could even then just be like, we need to borrow the Sagan box. Oh, yeah. Because the Sagan box has the isotope in it. Yeah, well, but immediately, like, nope, we can't go to Samaria, so. Oh, right, yeah, no, no. It... <sighs> now, given future knowledge, it's, it may be for the best that they didn't go to Samaria. Uh, yes. 
But they don't know that. No, and neither do our listeners, unless they do know it, in which case, listeners, don't tell any of the other listeners. Fun fact, Samaria is known as both P3X974 and P3X794. That, that was fun, that fact. Oh yeah, aren't you glad I shared that? It was a real ride, yeah. I haven't been to an amusement park in a while, and that, uh, that was a nice little touch. That was like a nice little taste of an amusement park right there. That's what that was. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks, buddy. It's like uh, getting on a on like a like a merry-go-round or something. It's not like fun, fun, but uh, they only exist in amusement parks or fun places. So, no, I think merry-go-round is like that's like the thing in a in like a park where you. Are you saying parks aren't fun? No, but I'm not thinking. I'm... Are we going to do this now? Are we going to Are we going to do this now in front of all the listeners? We're going to do this now, but the parks are not being fun. <laughs> like a merry-go-round is something you find on a playground. Merry-go-rounds... You're saying playgrounds aren't fun? It's right in the name. I'm not saying playgrounds aren't fun. I'm saying... but playgrounds a not-fun place that has a (laughs) merry-go-round. And turnstiles at a grocery store don't count as merry-go-rounds. I don't care how many times you jumped on them and spun around. Okay? Name me one unfun place that doesn't have a merry-go-round. I'm not saying that merry-go-rounds aren't fun. Although they're not... I mean, they can be fun. Uh, Right. My point is... You were saying amusement park... And or other fun places. Uh, okay. I'm just thinking, wouldn't Carousel have made more sense for your statement? See, when I said Merrigrand, I was thinking Carousel. Ah. And every time that I've said Merrigrand since then, I was thinking Carousel. Oh, okay. So now are we on the same page? We've been on the same page the whole time. You're finally on my on my page. Okay, but you know what I'm thinking of when I say Merrigrand, right? I mean, it's falling down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> no, what were you what were you thinking? I'm thinking of the the little thing in a playground, like the 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 spinny thing that like the kids would like run along the side to get it spinning and then jump on. Oh, sorry. No, I thought you were like going to be referencing something. No, I know what oh, like no. the actual proper merry-go-round <laughs> is. I fell off oh, okay. once and almost took out my eye. Like I nice. know what a merry-go-round is. I also know what a carousel is. I just briefly got the words confused. Oh, fair enough. But you know what? No, we're all the way back to the beginning. I still stand by the idea that there is no place that has a merry-go-round that isn't on some level a little bit fun. You're probably right. Uh I bet there's a merry-go-round in playground in a playground somewhere near Chernobyl. Yes, and before Chernobyl was Chernobyl. And got all Chernobyled, <clears throat> Chernobyl is obliged, all over the t- all over the town. Ah. I bet that was a very fun playground because it's right there that in the name. Fun. It's the, the ground town. where you play. Yes, prep yet. But town, not the name of the fun. I don't know why I said name of the fun. We're just bad with words this episode. It happens. Apparently, yeah. How is it so easy for someone who doesn't even know what a computer is? Uh-huh. To go from uh-huh. show me how this box works to I'm taking over the entire base, rewriting your self-destruct sequence to not actually self-destruct, kill the power, and print up a message. And how? how what? What? The, the debt has been paid? What was the debt? The debt was them taking her out of prison. And she paid them... By not killing them. I don't like this lady. I don't like this lady at all. 
I don't think you're supposed to. I don't have anything else to talk about on this episode. I, 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 you know, I, I hit all my major points. Was the spider real? <laughs> creepy guys, creepy. The Kawoosh went down to their Kozars. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I talk about everything I want to talk about. I mean, yeah, I think I covered most everything as well. It, this this episode was sort of all over the place, but at least uh, hopefully it won't be like twenty minutes long like a recent episode. But you know, in the, all over the place is true Stargate Weekly fashion. This is true. That's right. We are, we are sticking to our roots. And if you want to get more of us, you can find us at Stargate Weekly on Twitter. I'm Gamicus on Twitter. I'm Tyrannicus on Twitter. And almost anywhere else, anywhere else you want to look, you can find us uh, as Stargate Weekly. Facebook on the web dot com. Stargate Weekly at Gmail uh, is our email address. If you want to send us any feedback, tell your friends that like Stargate. Tell your friends that don't like Stargate. They need to start liking Stargate. Give us reviews on iTunes and Google Play. Yeah, do that too. Reviews are great. Actually, tell you what, uh, this is something I heard on another podcast. If you drop us a five-star review and include a question in your review, we will read and answer your question on whatever the next podcast that comes up from that time. I mean, sure, but I feel like we would also do that if they just emailed us or tweeted us. Yeah, you can do that too, but this way we also are conning them into giving us a five-star review. <laughs> yes, conning. But it's not conning them because we're telling them that it's happening. Yeah, if you do give us a five-star review, we will totally give you a shout-out, because that's that's awesome. But don't feel that you need to say that we're five-star if you think we're only three. Tell us why we're only three, because we would love the constructive criticism, too. But we won't be reading that on the podcast. Nah, because we don't want people to know that we're secretly only worth three, three stars. Right, because everyone knows that we're easily, I mean, like, three and a half, four stars. Easy. I think three and three quarters. Ooh, okay. Well... That's that. Good day. Unfortunately, when you first started talking about that, I had something I was gonna, I want to say that would have been relevant and really interesting and just like an exciting thing to say that everyone loved. I mean, everybody, everyone loved it, uh, but it's gone now. So just, just pretend I said something really great. <laughs>